following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Episode 757 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore. Thank you for joining us. Joining me today, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody. Well, I'm wondering how you are holding up after we had the uh, situation with the, the man who tried to pull a chat and cut at... Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say my booster shot. Oh, well, you got your booster too, but... <laughs> We had a chat and cut experience at a, a barbecue restaurant that we went to that's very in high demand, often a long line, a very, very yeah, long yeah, line. Yeah. And in the squelching, squelching, in the scorching sun, yeah. which squelches my ability to be in a good mood. Yes, yes. <laughs> got to have your SPF on, got to bring a hat, yeah, have yeah. some coverage for your skin because you're going to be waiting in the sun for a while. And this guy walks up. And just kind of strategically places himself in the gap where there was a gap in the line because people were kind of congregating where the shade was to be out of the sun. But you could clearly tell that this line was the same line, even yeah, though it, there was a gap because of the shade. Without a doubt, not hard to see at all. He knew. And I, it's, it's funny that you say how am I holding up because really, I just got to watch the show. <laughs> I didn't really have to even, I mean, not, I didn't. It's not that I didn't really have to at all. I didn't have to. Yeah. You took care of it. Well, you made a best friend with the guy behind us who hated socialists. And um, he... Wow. <laughs> By the way, didn't know that until later. But I knew he must have been conservative when I said... He was talking about moving to northern Idaho. Yeah. And I said, well, if you can stand the politics. I said, I can't because you know, I'm a liberal. Yeah. And he... Er, just quiet. <laughs> I said, okay, I get it now. Yeah. But anyway, we were talking while mm -hmm. all this was going on. Well, while this guy tried to cut in line, and, and it definitely got my attention, and I was pretty focused on it. And afterward, I was kind of like, you know, why is this such a big deal? But it really is kind of the principle of the thing. I mean, you're waiting in line for 40 minutes, probably some people over an hour. And we were, like, there were two groups ahead of us to be served or to get their orders in, and then it was us. Yeah. So, and he cut right then. Yeah. Yeah, right at the front. So Right at the front of the line. I noticed it, and I was kind of just trying to feel it out for a little bit. What's his vibe? He was a big dude. You know, what's... Do I think maybe he's, like, confused? I don't know. I was just trying to get a vibe for it. And the vibe that I got is he's hoping no one's going to talk to him, and he's probably not going to give anyone shit if they say anything. So... I was trying to figure out if he was with the party in front of me. Clearly, he wasn't. So finally, after like four minutes, I said, hey, are you with this group right here? And pointed to the group in front of us. And he was like, oh, no. I Is this a line? Yeah, is this are the you line? And I was like, <laughs> yes, this is the line. He's like, huh, so where do I fit in here? And so he, as he's like circling us. Yeah. He lands right behind not just us, but the group I was talking to. 
talking to us about where his place in line should be. Classic chat and cut. And then just stop there and cut in front of everybody else that was behind us, which was dozens of people. Well, no, then that person saw what was going on, and then he w- he did the chat and cut to the people behind them. Oh. So he ended up like three parties back, but he didn't have to go all the way to the end of the line. Yeah. And- he said something. There was At some point he said, so where where should I go? And then later we we both like lamented not having said, Back of the line, bro. That's your spot in line. <laughs> it's the very fucking end of the line. Yeah. But it was classic chat and cut. And for those of you who oh, don't yeah, get the reference, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, chat and cut, just YouTube that. And it, it, I mean, it happens. We've seen it happen several times now in public. And it's where someone just kind of tries to casually strike up a conversation and then like cut the line. And he tried to just cut the line, but then he started doing the chat and cut method, which seemed to work a lot better for him because he ended up being able to cut the line. I don't understand that mentality because we talked about it later, actually, having watched him. We were watching him and how he operated. Mm -hmm. And it was clear, to me anyway, if I was a betting man, that this guy, this is a game for him. Like he, Mm. how can I get over on these people? How can I get an unfair, unearned advantage. Mm -hmm. And it's a strategy for him, almost like a game. Well, I wonder if, like, how I was feeling him out before I said what I said, if he was also kind of looking at the crowd, like, who's going to be... The easiest mark. Yeah, like, who's going to be the least likely to say anything to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after I said something, the lady in front of me turned around. She's like, I'm so glad you said something. (laughs) And then two people back, they were like, oh, I saw that. He's like shaking his head. I saw that. I saw that. So people were noticing it, but didn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And here I am just causing trouble. No. (laughs) Had I noticed it, like if I'd stopped my conversation with Trumpy McGee, Mm -hmm. I would have like, who's this guy? And then I would have said, hey, 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 dude, back of the line. I I wouldn't have been as magnanimous or diplomatic as you, though. So I wonder if there's people who like think that that's petty, though, like that this is something that we care about, like someone's cutting the line, like it sounds childish. That's kind of where I was starting to think about it. Like, really? Uh, why am I making a big deal about this? But I really do think it's just the principle of the thing. Like, it's it's not fair to other people to do good, that. It's a good question for the audience. Because I also, uh-uh, nope, not on my watch, bro. <laughs> It, it's it's a, about reinforcing fairness, I think, right? It very much bothers me. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I can't conceive of someone thinking it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or that it's not a big deal. Or that it's not a, or that it's not a big enough deal to say something. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that's a possibility. I know that's a, that's, that's a for sure thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my brain doesn't operate like that. Yeah. And I'm not saying hold him down and beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> but certainly... <laughs> The right needs yeah. the wrong needs to be righted. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I we I would love to know. I really would love to know what the audience thinks. Yeah, have you encountered this situation? What would you have done in this situation? Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com, Just like. So many people did this week. Before we do that, though, let's talk about your booster, because in the state of California, anyone now 
um, can get their their booster shot. You don't have to meet certain requirements um, right. in, in terms of your workplace or in terms of being immunocompromised. If you're six months out, yes, you can get a booster. Exactly for the um, two mRNA shots and for the J and J. If you've only had one, you can go get your second. I think it's after two months, maybe J and J. Two months, yeah, yeah. Um, so California, Colorado. Another state today just made the change. Uh, they are going against the CDC's recommendation and instead uh, making the booster available to uh, anyone who is eligible for the booster. So I, I think other states will slowly be following suit. I think it is right that they uh, so do, do that. Yeah. And so if you... I mean, uh, obviously, I got the booster. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you could, you went out and you got it. Even though our pharmacy was not really with it on the rules, they still were quizzing you to see if you... Uh, Met any of the the criteria. What did I tell him? Um, You said, and I quote, well, you're looking at me. I'm a fat guy. <laughs> he goes, do you meet any special, any special category? Are you in healthcare work or whatever? I go, no, but I'm a fat guy. And he started laughing. And I go, you're looking right at me, dude. I don't need to prove anything. Yeah. And he goes, well, I'm... I'm not allowed to say anything. Yeah. He was very, very uncomfortable. Yes. Oh, it brings me so much joy. Yes. Also, New York is another state New that, that just state. made the booster eligibility expanded. So uh, if you're in one of those states, uh, you can do it if you so choose. Um, we are not medical doctors. We are not dispensing medical advice, but we did. Yeah. Brittany got hers mm-hmm. because she she's in healthcare, mm-hmm. and I... Because I am a fat guy, but didn't need an excuse. Didn't need to be in some special category. So. Well, yeah. And th- some of the studies are showing that the vaccine effectiveness is waning after certain uh, after several months. And so. that a booster greatly increases the level of antibodies and your it juices you up good. Yes. So go get it if you can and if it is available to you. So uh, we, we have an email to read and a few voicemails, mostly surrounding uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, but there's, a, there's some other stuff in there. Let's get to that email before we move on to the voicemails. Yes. So this is an email that we received today. First thing, I am still heartbroken over your loss of Popeye. He was a good grumbly boy. Hope he's in smush-faced good boy heaven. I can't imagine how his absence is felt, which is really what grief is, knowledge of absence. At least that is what I have noticed. I lost this last year my father on 12-31-2020, my grandmother, 5-12-21, my former student-slash-nurse extraordinaire, Allison, 6-9. I lost my father and grandma to COVID, the latter from mental health. It's in their memory that I communicate. I love your content and honor your willingness to keep on. I can't imagine the vitriol you expose yourself to by merely speaking the truth. I am likewise keeping on with my work. It's been a very hard couple of years. Your willingness to keep fighting for truth is incredibly important to me. So along with other voices, yours is what I'm thankful for. I couldn't think of a family-friendly version of Thanksgiving to speak. Not that you asked for, I know, but I hear you and am thankful for you and yours nonetheless. Best wishes, HJK. HJK. And we do still occasionally get messages about Popeye. It's been over four months now. It's crazy that it's been that long. It is. It really is. Um, I still get teary or full-on cry once a week. Yeah. 
Well, and we talk about him every single day. I mean, our phones, they have that feature where they show featured photos Just at the for top. you or featured for you or whatever. And yeah. it's almost always a picture of Popeye yeah. because I kept all the photos on my phone. I I delete pretty much any other photo and it's just like photos of Popeye in yeah, my phone yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and screenshots of tweets for the page. But um, <laughs> it's it's nice that there are times where, you know, we still do cry. We still do feel sad. But for the most part, when we talk about him, it is just like feeling so lucky that we had him mm-hmm. and feeling like he was just a very special presence and honoring the funny quirky uh sometimes very hostile and aggressive behaviors that he exhibited well what i'm finding is that the 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 farther away from his death that we are initially it was all tears no laughter Mm -hmm. and slowly it was about 50 50 now it's about 90 10 i mean it's i mean the other way so now it's mostly fondness and happiness and joy that i feel and then, like, when we start talking about it, I, like, right now, I get a little, uh, <clears throat> a little teary. Mm-hmm. But, but for the, the vast majority of it is lots of gratefulness, a lot of gratitude that we, we got to have him and mm-hmm. give him a, a final solid few years of, of his life. So. Mm-hmm. so thank you very much. And, and, you know, um, obviously losing a pet is not the same thing as losing a human. Mm-hmm. especially a, a parent and a relative but absolutely um there is if there's one thing that i hear on cnn that i really really like and i want to adopt it it's when they say um we're, we're you know we're sorry for your loss and may may the memory of your your relatives be a blessing mm-hmm. I, I really i don't know if that's like a um i think it's like a jewish tradition yeah because uh Whoop Blitzer is the one I really heard start saying it, and and uh, it's just it's it's fantastic. It it really cuts exactly to what what is meaningful about um, the memory of someone. Absolutely, so, anyway. absolutely. And then HJK also attached uh, a few photos of <laughs> uh, some dogs, and those were all very sweet. You know, we love photos of dogs, so we- you especially now. <laughs> Are like a, a psycho dog person. Yeah, I, I've i noticed that I like say hi to dogs that are walking by on the street and, from my car, and just also, alone right? to myself. They I'm like, hi, dog. <laughs> hi, doggy. We used to, you used to like not be an animal person. No. And then you were like only a bulldog person. Yeah. And now it's any ratty ass chihuahua you see on the street <laughs> you want to snuggle up to. Yep, I it's guess. Been, it's quite the journey, Brittany Page. People can change. Quite. That's what we try to reinforce on this show. Quite the journey. People can change. Thank you very much for the touching email. We love you and appreciate you very much, HJK. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to some voicemails. This one about the election that we spoke about in Virginia. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Linda, and I'm a Northern Virginia uh, resident. And I actually campaign in the McAuliffe campaign um, to... Unfortunately, we did not uh, defeat Yunkin. Uh, Yunkin won by a mere two points. And my opinion, the reason why that he won is because of um, a horrible um, town hall meeting that um, McAuliffe said um, in regards to the book Beloved uh, being in our schools. Um, And Yunkin uh, 
has very deep pockets, and he basically uh, bought himself into the governmentship here in Virginia. Uh, all of us here in Northern Virginia, and not all of us, but my my bubble in the world up here in Northern Virginia are disgusted that Youngkin um, is our new governor. Um, we're praying and hoping that uh, we are not falling back and turning into a Texas or Florida. So anyway, thank you for highlighting um, his uh, his 17 year old um, and him not being cognizant of the rules, um, particularly since uh, he is our governor now. And so obviously he doesn't realize on how um, democracy works. And with his 17 year old son that is so respectful, not going once but twice to try to commit fraud is uh, pretty disgusting. So anyway, thank you for um, highlighting. Um, just all of the everything that you guys um just, you keep up the good work thank you bye well thank you linda uh you know i don't know that we talked about this last time but it, it, it's again it is strange how every republican out there or at least everyone i can think of right now takes part in the projection they whine about the threat of voter fraud and election fraud mm-hmm and they're the ones who get in trouble for it. Yeah. Yunkin did make a deal about how this thing could be rigged and election security really needs to pay be paid attention to and all of this. Mm-hmm. And then his own bratty fucking kid goes out there. Yeah. His hyper respectful kid. I know my kid. I've met him on several occasions. <laughs> and he would never do such a thing. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I want to thank Linda because Linda sounds like actively engaged in political activism, uh, doing the campaigning. And That's what it takes. That is what it takes, and that is awesome. So even though it didn't uh, go your way, your work is still important, and uh, hopefully we'll have we'll have more work to do that will be successful in the next election. Four years. Stay positive. <laughs> And stay engaged and stay active and and be an activist. I mean, that's what it's going to take. I've been hammering at home on YouTube lately that if if you want to win and you hate the way things are right now, get involved. Mm -hmm. Not only get involved, but take everybody you know to the polls. Mm -hmm. Your your relatives, your friends, your neighbors, your, your coworkers. Get them involved in politics because that's the only way we're going to turn the ship around mm-hmm. uh, and do it in a more quick, uh, in a quicker fashion than we're witnessing take place. Yeah. Again, thank you, Linda, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Now let's get to a few. This next call is is Rogers and Rittenhouse related, and then the others are more dealing specifically with the Rittenhouse trial. So, moving on. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Jesse. This is Kristen from California. Um. I had just a couple of quick, one comment, one question. Um, my comment about was about Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, too, had him on a pedestal um, for a lot of the similar reasons. And uh, when it came out, you know, the, the wiggly terms of um, um, immunized, uh, I, I think a lot of the change, too, I'm probably going to catch a lot of shit for this, Um He's recently been engaged to uh, this the, the actor Shailene Wood, Woodley, and I know she's like super granola y. Like when she was at the height of her uh, Hunger Games thing, it was, oh, I live in my car and she makes her own soaps and, you know, woo woo. So I don't know. I, I think something has to do with that. And I don't know if it's like reverse 
misogyny, but you know, when you get into a, an abusive relationship, not that I'm saying it is, but you know, and, and you, you change a lot of things with your partner, I've noticed a huge change in him, but that's just my two cents. And uh, uh, my question uh, completely on the opposite side of that is about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Um, I know that if you, uh, if a person is found guilty um, and, you know, they're sentenced, they can appeal based on um, in, in ineffective counsel or something with the jury, whatever. But if you are found not guilty, um, but you, you, can you be retried again if it is found like, obviously the judge is, is super, uh, he, he should have recused himself. I mean, from the beginning, um, but it, it, can he be tried again because of that? Or is that part of what double jeopardy is? Um, I don't, cause it's really just, disgusting how uh the kenosha killer kyle uh he's going to walk um because of the bias from the judge and the fact that all but one of the jurors is white so anyway i love you guys uh i i thoroughly enjoy everything that you do thank you so much let me say this Kristen. Uh, one about the aaron Rodgers thing yeah i think listen i'm not going to give him a pass because he's dating some dum-dum some hippy dippy making her own soap weirdo with 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 stupid ideas about vaccines and such is that what makes someone a hippie is making their own soap i know a lot of people who make their own soap oh you do yeah name a person who makes their own soap um well i don't want to name them on the show oh can you whisper to me <laughs> after the show oh, yeah. i don't know that i believe you <laughs> you don't believe me <laughs> I know at least two people who make their own soap. Anyway, what I'm saying is... I said a lot, but I know at least two. That actor that she's married to... She Shailene is, Woodley. Yeah, she she was in like the... What's the George Clooney movie where... The Hawaii movie? The Hawaii movie where the yeah. wife was in... She was the also in like Divergence the, the, the or something. Yeah. Anyway, she is kind of a hippy-dippy. I, I don't know whether she makes her own soap. Is that something Kristen said? That's what Kristen said. Yeah, so I don't know about that, but... I'm not going to give him a total pass. We just went all over the place. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to give him a total pass for it or make excuses for his his choices, his grown adult choices. Uh, maybe they're influenced, but that's no, it's 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 only an explanation, not an excuse. What a powerful woman she is. Ugh. So anyway. I'm making a joke. I, I don't know. I don't know how much of that is. Yeah. I, I would say I agree with you. That- you know, there's influence in relationships. Sure, but I mean, he's dated other female celebrities that, you know, um, maybe have similar orient. I, I don't know anything about the celebrities he's yeah, dated, I but I know, know he's dated other celebrities. That's what's difficult about doing this is, one, I don't know anything about him, and I don't know anything about anyone he's dated. So I, how am I supposed to... You know you're talking into a microphone, doing this thing right here. <laughs> Everyone can hear you clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's let's also say on the second question, neither of us are attorneys or judges or have any I'm secretly a judge and attorney <laughs> or have any legal <laughs> expertise whatsoever. But it seems to us 
well, it seems to you. What does it seem like to you? It seems to me it's very likely he'll get off. I'm not as confident as Kristen, having watched the the closing arguments today. Oh, well, I thought you were going to talk about the question that Kristen had about, like, the double jeopardy. Because it seemed like the description there was double jeopardy. I don't really know what, what you were asking, Kristen. But I will say that, you know, the prosecutor hasn't been... Great. I think he had a really good day today with his closing arguments. He's kind of a smug prick. And there was um, a line that I really liked in particular today where he said, quote, you cannot claim self-defense against a danger you create. I really liked that line. I thought it was strong. So I thought today he had a strong showing, but... I don't think the prosecution has been super strong this whole time. Well, they're prosecutors. By nature, they're assholes. Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to give a pass to the poor behavior uh, of the judge either. I'm, I'm just. I'm saying that I think that judge also an asshole hasn't been. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. But that's what scares me. Just in case. Yeah, sure. That's what scares me is the precedent that this is going to set for if he if he does get off. Um. <laughs> that every conservative wingnut with a gun can play vigilante and be completely justified based on this precedent. That is... At least in Wisconsin, because this is a state trial, not a federal federal trial. Well, that is absolutely correct, because, I mean... But even uh, the most notable conservatives on media platforms are are promoting Kyle Rittenhouse as a hero. I got a clip of one. And that's really disturbing for their audience that hears that and then combined with whatever this verdict is going to be. And you had the judge today uh, throw out the gun charge. Yeah. Right? The least of the charges he threw out. Right. And so, so if they were to acquit him on all of the the murder charges and the killing charges, they would still possibly have something to fall back on to to put something on his record and have some consequence mm-hmm. for having the gun illegally, but then that's off the table now too. Yeah, and the judge's explanation was that uh, Wisconsin law is poorly written, and that the shorter barrel size of the rifle that Kyle Rittenhouse carried meant that he did not violate that law. Yeah, unbelievable. So, I mean, it really is. It, it's he's a member of the defense team. The judge. Well, it's a nice illustration of how the justice system works for some people. Yeah. Uh, and then, but let me answer the question as I understand it for the the double jeopardy thing. Hmm. If this goes down and he is acquitted, then it's an acquittal unless they can find. I don't know what kind of higher judicial authority they would have to take this to 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 um, have the judge. Um, reprimanded or whatever in order that they're able to do a new trial. I don't know how that works. But it seems like there's some mechanism for that, far-fetched as it might be. So thank you for the call, Kristen. We appreciate it very much. Uh, Moving on, same topic, Rittenhouse, but from uh, a non-American perspective. Hey, folks. It's uh, Evan here from Grimsby in the UK. Um, I just wanted to call in, as I'm sure a lot of people will be this week, just about the Rittenhouse trial. Um, I just thought I'd give kind of my uh simple northern england northern english uh a view on things if that's okay uh so apologies in advance um but yeah i i i i kind of uh i've, I've been struggling to sort of talk to some people about this especially on uh on my side of the 
kind of political spectrum, i.e. on the left left side of things. Um, I think he's probably going to be acquitted or found not guilty. Uh, and I, I, to be honest, I can kind of see why the jury would, would do that, uh, given the case that's been put forward and all the various shenanigans that have gone on uh, in the courtroom, uh, i.e. The, the judge being a... I, I don't know if he's... Uh, if if he's playing ignorant with this whole you know pixel issue, um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. The the defence were basically saying that um, because you can uh, enlarge an image um, using resampling and all the rest of it, that somehow changes the changes the image. And I've got to say, I mean, I'm I'm in the slightly different field, but I'm, I'm in the uh, GIS field, which is like a, a digital mapping field, and we use. Um, a lot of the same kind of resampling techniques in there. Um, so I, listening to listening to the defense lawyers try and convince the judge who is either not you know technically minded, obviously, or is pretending not to be and not to understand. Um, listening to and trying to convince him that this is somehow uh, creating a, a new falsifiable image. It's just like, oh my god, it's so fucking frustrating to listen to. Like, God, God bless the bloody prosecutors for not, you know, having their heads in their hands for the entire of the trial. Because the, the kind of main meta issue in this, what's the deal with the food? In is it normal to in U.S. courts to feed jury fucking garbage food? I don't understand. Like <laughs> every day, it's been either it's been Subway, it's been Panda Express, or whatever. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a bit of a racist term, but anyway, it's been Panda Express, KFC, fucking pizza. Like, I know personally, after eating crap like that, I feel knackered. I feel like I need to have a little sit down and a nap for a, from the bloody sugar cap come down. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't. Is that? Could you? Could you say that that that's somehow influence influencing their judgment? Anyway, sorry, that's that's a slight aside, but um, I think the real kind of tragedy with this whole case is 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 the sort of gun and military fetish, fetish that not you personally, I'm going to use the royal we, I guess, that you guys across the pond have uh, with guns and like, I, you know, if, if we have a self-defence case in this country, it tends to be a, a bit of a coming together or a punch-up outside of a pub or something. You know, hardly anyone ever dies that I can think of in a self-defence case. I mean, maybe, you know, in sort of some of the terrorism cases where somebody's been attacked or whatever, some the, the the terrorists might die. I mean, I'm talking rubbish now, but like, I, I don't, I don't get how a large proportion of of the of you guys of of the guys, of people in America see that it's totally fine for somebody to uh, walk around a, with a, a massive gun uh, in a place that they they are not from to quote unquote protect you know. Uh, businesses or whatever. I mean, sure, that's that's a job for the fucking police. Like, I don't see how it's somehow okay for vigilantes like this to, you know, RP or role players as as a police, as a policeman or as a medic or whatever. Um, anyway, yeah. So, cheers, guys. Uh, you are both the best part. Thank you. Bye. Can you, can you tell that I used my uh, new editing skills to make very <laughs> choppy, terrible edits? I on was that? going to say that that. That luckily for Evan, yeah, Brittany Page is honing her editing skills. Yes. Otherwise, Evan, brother, if you call in with an almost six-minute <laughs> voicemail, the shit's just not. If it's me doing it, it's just not going to get played. Yeah. 
But because Brittany is honing, she's she's uh, sharpening <laughs> the skill set with yeah. uh, with the audio editing software. You got to hear a little bit of it. Uh, let me say this: I saved your ass. Let, let me say this though: I, I don't, uh, I I don't think that the majority of Americans, the majority, it might be the, the you know the, the, I'll just say it: I don't think the majority of Americans think it's okay to just walk around with a weapon of war on the streets. Right. Polling bears this out time after time after time and year after year after year. And it is only because of the big money from the NRA and the gun manufacturers that has poisoned American politics that it seems like it's the case. People are overwhelmingly in support of sensible gun legislation that's just not getting accomplished because Republicans line their pockets with that blood money. Well, and that's why we have the divide over what what to do with Kyle Rittenhouse, yeah. right? You have people on the left that are thinking, well, this kid went there with a gun that he wasn't legally allowed to have to hurt people and uh, pretend that he was like an armed medic. Yeah. But he went you know, there. EMTs, they walk around with uh, AR-15s, with weapons of war. Mm-hmm. While they're giving aid. Right. And then you have the people on the right that are like, oh, no, this should happen more often. Like, we should have vigilantes that go out and protect property when there's protests. I said people on the right, right? Yeah. Um, Unless it's Black Lives Matter. And then, oh, my God, we have so much to fear. Exactly. And that's why I'm worried about the precedent that this is going to set for certain people on the right, certain radical people on the right that are going to take a page from Kyle Rittenhouse's playbook and decide to yeah. go out armed and go out to communities that aren't their own even. Right. And assist, quote unquote, the police with uh, trying to maintain chaos. Yeah. It's terrifying. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Evan, for the call. We appreciate it. Next time. Brevity. Pithy. Or something. <laughs> All right, moving on. How's it going, guys? It's Tim calling in again. Want to push back on some stuff about the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Now, for the um, judge doing the, are there any veterans there? It was fucking Veterans Day. This all happened to be the only person that was in there was on the showing up for the defense. I don't particularly have a problem with that because normally court wouldn't have been in session on Veterans Day, but. That is what it is. Secondly, is that the reason wait, why wait, wait. the judge got so is, upset? Is that is that Tim's pushback? It is what it is on that point of the Veterans Day. Well, <laughs> l- l- let me say this: uh, Tim has called in multiple times on this. This is his third or fourth fourth voicemail, and Tim has called in about uh, several things over the time that we've done the show several years. And I'm starting to believe that Tim is just a contrarian hmm. because. These aren't salient points. That's not a salient point. That the judge orders the courtroom to 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 a a, a a rousing round of applause for the witness that is the next to take the stand who happens to be a defense witness. I mean, come, come on. Also, he didn't ask, are you a veteran? He knew up front before it happened the guy was a veteran. So... It just, it doesn't wash and to say, well, Veterans Day, blah, 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 it is what it is, isn't a defense of it. It's not an argument for it. 
Anyway, on to the contrarian. <laughs> With the prosecutor for trying to bring in the video of Kyle Renault saying he wanted to shoot um, shoplifters because this child is not about him shooting shoplifters. And bringing that video in has more, it, it, it will bias the, the jury to say he's not a good person. So even if he's innocent, let's find him guilty. That's why usually that type of information or, or documents and stuff like that don't get into cases. For example, the first victim, he's a fucking pedo. The reason why no one's talking about that in the court is because it's neither here nor there about why he was shot that night. But you're bringing and it up. If they were told, if the jury were told that he was a pedo, they're more likely to say whether or not uh, Kyle was using self-defense, we're going to let him off for it. And what normally is supposed to happen it, when the prosecutor, because the prosecutor said it was doing the defense, direct the examination of Kyle that they thought the door had been open. They were supposed to tell, ask the judge to dismiss the jury and ask the judge to reconsider his denial of the evidence. He did not do that because he wanted the jury to hear him ask Kyle that, which should have been a mistrial. And that is why the judge was right. All right, I'm going to end it there. Uh, there's like 30 seconds more. It, it also comes to the fact that, listen, uh, how many times have Brittany and I said, we're not doctors, we're not lawyers, we're just giving our opinions, we're not speaking as though we're experts. I don't hear that from Tim. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless Tim has some expertise in the law that he's not letting us know about, uh, the same goes for Tim. Mm -hmm. It seems to me to be common sense, though, that when uh, this person travels across state lines from their home with a weapon that they illegally are possessing into an area where there is a curfew, it, it just, it doesn't pass the smell test. Well, and that's, I mean, that's part of the conversation that we try to have. Like, we're able to acknowledge, okay, the, the case that was presented by the prosecution, not super great in a lot of ways, uh, not super strong in a lot of ways. Um, we're able to acknowledge that and we're also able to criticize the judge. But then you have people like Tim who kind of have, um, I don't know, motive, like or motivation thinking. coming from somewhere to dismiss every criticism about the judge. And I don't know what that's about, right? I mean, even the Veterans Day thing is like, it is what it is, which is like not an argument, but to not even take that into consideration and say like, oh yeah, I see how that actually like the optics on that aren't great. You know, like even to admit just a little bit, like a little yeah. bit of wiggle room on yeah. how some of these things like, oh, yeah, the joke about the Asian food, like not a good look, bro. Yeah. You know, the the ringtone with the uh, America Lee song, Greenwood you know, song, yeah. what what is his deal? I mean, like, it's OK to kind of acknowledge like this judge is something's off here. Yeah. Th th this trial has been a shit show from the beginning, from the the smug douchebag uh, prosecutor to the. I mean, really, the only people who are really doing their job and doing it well 
is the defense team. Well, and I will say... And their job is to get a guy off for whatever crime he committed, and that's what they're doing. Well, and the the judge today was giving the jury their instructions before the closing arguments. And every time... Well, they cut away uh, during the live feed multiple times because he had to keep stopping and figuring out what he was doing and every yes and every time they would cut away on cnn they would go to a legal analyst and it was like a different person every time and each person said i have never seen anything like this like this is so absolute clusterfuck yeah every person said this is so confusing normally judges try to really simplify jury instructions especially for murder trials and he was just creating chaos rambling and stammering and just bending over backwards to ensure that he's saying the exact right thing when like he should already know what the exact right thing is but like not wanting to give he should have done his prep had it written out so he's just reading a script which he was basically, but I I don't know what yeah, happened. It, he it was a shit show. It was a complete shit show. So something like that again, like Tim not acknowledging those errors. To me, it it, it what it, what it indicates to me, or I get I get the impression of Tim, and I'll just say it to you that you're not coming at this from in good faith. If you can't recognize that there have been all kinds of fucked up things in this trial at the hands of the judge. But you can all of the things that are fucked up from the prosecutor. It means that you're not looking at it clearly and even handedly on both sides. And I think we're doing a real good job doing just that while um, still maintaining the view that we have that this little shit is guilty. You know, (laughs) I I don't know. Well, and I, I, you know, reasonable people can disagree. And that's why we'd like to have listener feedback so that we can have those conversations. I just was hoping for a better, you know, rebuttal than it is what it is. Yeah. Also, turn whatever TV is on down when you call in. It's like a like we're an AM talk radio show. Turn your radio down. Turn your radio down before and we get sure started. Make sure your batteries are replaced and your smoke alarms, too, while you're at it. But as always, Tim, we appreciate your contribution. Yes. Even though I was a little dickish about this particular contribution. It's just your nature. That It's absolutely my nature. All right. Moving on. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Andrew from New Orleans. All right. Uh, I have to say this before we move on. Every time that Andrew from New Orleans calls, I have voice envy. Fantastic voice. I have accent envy. Fantastic voice. Yeah. We Un- may want you to do some voiceover work Um, andrew fucking believable yeah hey jesse hey Brittany. this is andrew from new orleans um i've just been watching this the the highlights of the rittenhouse case and also the uh ahmaud arbery case and as a black person i finally reached that point where i'm just tired um, and looking at the case, looking at how people are looking at it and, and, uh, making their, uh, you know, opinions, stating their opinions, I just have that distinctive feeling that the justice will not happen for, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse. He's going to be acquitted and that's just what it is. Um, and it's just another notch in the belt of white supremacy. But more importantly, it's just another 
stick in the side of just the black community in general just to say here we go again this is going to happen again yada 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 you know they're already you know going after LeBron James for his comment you know for his Twitter comment and I feel the same way it's just it just is what it is Um, you know and all of a sudden we see the video of um, the attorney uh, the defense attorney talking about we don't need any more black pastors, um, you know, coming to the trial. It, you know, it's 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 mind boggling, but I'm rambling, and you know, love the show. Brittany is the best part. Later. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Well, I, I, I can't imagine the frustration and the irritation. And uh, I know, Jesse, you said that you don't feel as strongly that it's like guaranteed that he's going to get off. You seem to be more... I think it's likely, mm-hmm. but I think that the prosecutor laid out a pretty solid case today mm-hmm. in his closing arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, when it started, you said that he wasn't even into it for very long at all before the judge was interrupting the closing statement. Oh, that was today, yeah. Oh, today, mm-hmm. which is not supposed to be something that's interrupted. It just They give their, their, their closing statements, and then the jury deliberates. Mm-hmm. The judge is supposed to keep his fucking mouth shut, and in this case, he refused, again... Seemingly acting as a part of the defense team. Well, and it was on a on a point related to the curfew, and stating that uh, oh, the curfew was illegal. He said that it. Um, yeah, well, the judge took issue with the discussion uh, from the prosecution related to the curfew, and uh, the the judge actually dismissed the curfew violation charge against right. Kyle Rittenhouse, ruling that the prosecutors failed to present any evidence that the curfew was actually in place. So when when the curfew came up again, it was a point of contention, and that there was no evidence that there was a, a legal cur- curfew in place. Yeah, listen, I, I'm I am very empathetic. I, I can't imagine what it would be like being a black man in America, a black woman for that for that matter, uh, where it is seemingly open season, and now not only. Are cops allowed to gun down unarmed uh, civilians with impunity, but also now just conservative dipshits with with access to an AR-15 are also now that's 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 open for them to be taking part in it. It just it, it is an endemic. Um, it's a sickening place that we are in America, and I I feel for you, Andrew. I do. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys about all of this. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. I doubt it is a listener supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Lawrence J.D., Lawrence J.D. Sassy Lady. Sassy Lady. John L. Or is it Sassy L.? 
Well, that <laughs> yes, okay. John L. John L. Cindy P. Cindy P. Bob I. Bob I. Dortmunder. Dortmunder. Dario D. Dario D. Julia. Julia. Christine C. Christine C. Thank you very much to each and every one of our beautiful Patreon supporters. You know, if you are listening to this today and you already were a Patreon supporter or you became a Patreon supporter before this episode, then your address has been um, on the list for the magnets and they will be rolling out as soon as the production is done. For the end of the year Patreon gift. For the end of the year Patreon gift, the magnets. Fridge magnet. If you become a Patreon supporter after this episode, you will then be getting one mailed out to you by hand from me. Uh, when we get the magnets ourselves. So we had kind of this first run. The magnet company is doing the mailing for us with as many addresses as we had. And then until the end of the year, I will be doing that myself once we get the magnets. So in case there's a delay uh, with people getting it by the end of the year, I don't think there will be. But we, we still have, if you become a Patreon supporter by the end of the year, you will get the end of the year Patreon gift. And do not forget, normally we have our Patreon hangout for those in the Patreon hangout tier uh, on the last Saturday of the month, but we are not doing that this month because of the holidays. We're doing it this coming Saturday, the 20th at 11 a.m. Los Angeles time. Yes. So if you are a Patreon supporter in that tier, you will get a link at the time of the Patreon hangout. It is a Zoom link. And what is that? Well, it's just a, a Zoom hangout for about an hour with me and Jesse and other listeners from around the world. So we would look forward to seeing you there and we appreciate Appreciate each and every one of you. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. All of your support means so much and and is is really serves to grow this show into something a lot bigger than it is right now. Brittany and I, I think we've talked about it a couple times, but it is official, like paper signed official. We are moving to Washington, D.C. in the new year. Yep. And I don't mean like in February. I mean... Into December, beginning of January, we're out of here, mm-hmm. out of California. We're moving to Washington, D.C., and it really is going to be the next chapter for both the YouTube channel, but also for the podcast, having access to people, have to have them on the show to do interviews and really just expand what we do here to make it better for us and better for you, more importantly. Right. So thank you guys so much. We love you and we appreciate you. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Steve Bannon surrendered to federal authorities today to get his fingerprints taken and his DNA swabbed, presumably. And in front of the courthouse, in front of the building to, in, in which uh, he was going to um, surrender, he gave a little a little commercial for his show and for where to follow him on social media, really to me indicating that he is turning this into a publicity fiasco and uh, self-promotion rather than taking the matter seriously because he still feels that he is completely um, con- uh, protected by the Republican Party. Everybody Hold on. Is this us? Yeah. Hey, just want to say, every tell everybody... 
It uh, live stream on Getter right now. Everybody watching in the war room. We're here today. I don't want anybody to take their eye off the ball of what we do every day. Okay, we got the Hispanics coming on our side, African-Americans coming on our side. We're taking down the Biden regime every day. The focus, you got Raheem Ghassan today. You got Dr. Peter Navarro, Captain Bannon. You're going to have uh, Boris Epstein, the whole show intense. We got polling out, economic data out, everything. I want you guys to stay focused, stay on message. Remember, signal, not noise. This is all noise. That's signal. Thank you very much. Are you optimistic? <laughs> I mean, really? It is uh, just a fucking circus sideshow mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, as he's saying, keep your eye on the ball. Signal, not noise. Signal, not noise. Let's listen to the signal. Let's listen to this little clip that was put together by Media Matters in the days leading up to the January 6th insurrection mm. and hear the things that Steve Bannon was saying. Not the things he was saying privately, Imagine if this that you're getting ready to hear is what he was saying publicly. What was he saying in private? It's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen. Okay, it's going to be quite extraordinarily different. And all I can say is strap in the war room, a posse. You have made this happen. And tomorrow it's game day. President Trump's presidency. His first term's ending with action and his second term's going to start with a bang. Okay, that we can guarantee you. Um, and so the fight's in. This is a huge weekend. There's so much going on behind the scenes. A massive fight. We're heading towards a historic day, the 6th of June. Massive rally. There's a lot happening this week. People are getting revved up. People are getting fired up. People are getting madder, as they should. You and I happened to be on a call last night, and you were walking people through. It was so brilliant. Could you just walk people through what the framework is for this week? A lot of tough hombres down there. I saw some of them last night when we had meetings down there, close there, came out last night. And let's say they were still up and going. They were still, they were still reviewing uh, their plans for the day at like one and two in the morning. We've helped provide the information. I think that people are jacked up. We're all going to converge on that point on the 6th. We're all going to converge there. We just got to impose our will. It's like in football. You have to impose your will on the opposition. We're hurtling towards an historic event on January 6th. We're hurtling to something that's going to um, it's, it's, it's going to be complicated and it's going to be nasty. Nothing could be more turbulent than what's going on this week. We want everybody in the Mid-Atlantic region to come. Uh, you've got to be there. This is going to be historic. Remember, this is historic week. This is like towards how the Republic fell, right, and became a totalitarian or authoritarian empire. We're at that moment. And that's what this week is. Are we going to affirm the massive landslide of Donald J. Trump? Or are we going to turn over a constitutional republic to the forces of, what did Figaro say, the forces of darkness? Massive constitutional fights going on behind the scenes. People don't understand. You know, after hours, we're, we're on Skyping and they put these calls in Lackawanna County and to all these, uh, you know, patriot groups around and, and, and conservative groups who see through in the fog of war is that have clarity. It's to have clarity that January 6th was going to be the day or one of these big days, and you had to converge everything down to January 6th. This is a wound that will not heal. We are hurtling towards a constitutional crisis that is going to make the impeachment look like a Sunday picnic. This is going to be a historic day. You're going to be part of history. We want as many people to get here as possible. 48 hours away from one of the most consequential days in American history. 
So obviously, uh, Steve Bannon is, I was going to call him Stephen Bannon, and that seems to confer a little bit more. The New York uh, Times does a lot of uh, professionalism. That formality. Yeah. Stephen K. Bannon. Yeah. Um, maybe that's where it's coming from. So Steve Bannon uh, signaling his continued loyalty to Donald Trump, obviously. Do you think he's willing to go to jail for Donald Trump? Uh I think he's going to place his bets that because it's a misdemeanor that even if he does get some time, it's not going to be a lot because he's a wealthy white man in America and he's not going to be facing a whole bunch of time. Well, you know, Republican leaders are not responding very well to this. I loved this reporting from Washington Post because of how they (laughs) phrased this. Quote, Democrats are, according to uh, Republican leaders, Democrats are, quote, weaponizing the Justice Department, warning Democrats that they will go after Biden's aides for unspecified reasons if they take back the House majority in next year's midterm elections. So unspecified at this point, but they'll find reasons. Yeah, of course. when they can. They're just letting you know, we're going to retaliate. Mm-hmm. And they're acting as though there's no reason to have held Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress. Someone who refused to comply with a legally issued subpoena. He, the, the, the compelling of his testimony was absolutely done above board. And they're acting like it's, you know... Uh, a sneaky, underhanded thing that's happening. And when you say they, one of the people is Jim Jordan, of course. And he wrote on Twitter, quote, Joe Biden has eviscerated executive privilege. (laughs) There are a lot of Republicans eager to hear testimony from Ron Klain and Jake Sullivan when we take back the House. Right. Of course, Ron Klain is the White House chief of staff and Sullivan is Biden's national security advisor. And and, and let me also say this about the the, uh, executive privilege thing related to Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon was not a White House employee uh, during the insurrection. It had been years. Remember, he was fired, mm-hmm. and subsequently Donald Trump called him Sloppy Steve in tweet after tweet after tweet. He Executive privilege, even, even if Donald Trump had executive privilege as a former president, he does not, uh, it wouldn't exist in this... Uh, instance. Mm-hmm. And then we have Elise Stefanik also tweeting, quote, for years, Democrats baselessly accused President Trump of weaponizing the DOJ. In reality, it is the left that has been weaponizing the DOJ the entire time, from the false Russia hoax to the Soviet-style prosecution of political opponents. Wait, wait. So the left was controlling Donald Trump's Department of Justice. <laughs> the, the left was controlling the Department of Justice when when Jeff Sessions was the the attorney general and when William Barr was the attorney general, somehow Democrats were running the show when those guys were in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elise Stefanik. Oh, you bless your heart. Mm-hmm. You silly Willie. Lauren, uh, Lauren Bobart <laughs> also tweeted Lauren Lauren Bobert. What's happening to me? I don't know. What's happened to that name? I think I'm a low energy jab right now. Um, <laughs> Somebody tweeted that you're a low energy jab. <laughs> About the taking care of biz segment. I think they don't like oh. that I'm not peppy enough, maybe, when I introduce the taking care of biz segment. Well, continue, Jeb. Um, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren <laughs> what is Bobert. my deal? Lauren Bobert. Okay, yeah, yeah. So she also Wait, tweeted. Who? who said? Who tweeted? Lauren 
Boberts. There you go. <laughs> she also tweeted something that uh, is basically the same as those two other goofballs. So we don't need to talk about it, but that's basically their plan is uh, they'll give some payback. Yeah, they're saying it with their fucking mouths that we're going to pay you back. <laughs> I mean, it, this is where we are in American politics it's today. It's a nightmare. It's bizarre. Can we also talk about, um, just for a brief second, let's go Brandon. Because yes. this is driving me insane. I mean, just say... They're like, selling just, Christmas wrapping paper yeah. with Let's Go Brandon on it. And they're chanting it in evangelical ch- churches I mean, during the service. It's so immature in that like little kids like to try to find ways to like say naughty things without like getting yeah. in trouble. Yeah. And this is the, what they're doing, but they're adults. Like just say it. Just say it. I don't understand. Yeah, if you want to say fuck Joe Biden, say fuck Joe Biden. Yeah, and I love that meme where it like compares leftists and the MAGA followers and it says that leftists say fuck Joe Biden and then MAGA people say uh, let's go Brandon. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. So anyway, just an aside, we'd love to know what you think. Six, five, seven, four, six, four, seventy six, zero nine email voice memo. I doubt it at dollamore.com. So the infrastructure bill, the crazily whittled down infrastructure bill, the one point two trillion dollar infrastructure bill was signed into law today. Mm -hmm. Some think it's a good thing. Some think it's a bad thing. Some think it's not as good of a thing as it was going to be. That's kind of where I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I want to talk about today is a little bit kind of like, you know, fuck Joe Biden. It, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. It, it's, <laughs> it's, and I don't mean that seriously, like fuck him, but it's the, the days of Joe Biden style politics from years past are over. And he is insisting on leaning in hard to this bipartisan bullshit, giving a speech about the infrastructure bill, and thanking, of all people, Chris, Kirsten Cinema and fucking Mitch McConnell. Yeah. What is happening? Mm-hmm. Listen to this. The bill I'm about to sign along is proof that despite the cynics, Democrats and Republicans can come together and deliver results. We can do this. We can deliver real results for real people. We see in ways that really matter each and every day to each person out there. And we're taking a monumental step forward to build back better as a nation. I want to thank everyone who helped make this happen. Vice President Harris, my cabinet members, my White House team, Jill, Doug, our first lady and our, our first lady and our second husband. No, I'm joking. <laughs> These guys travel all over the country together. I'm getting worried, you know. <laughs> and Doug's one hell of a lawyer besides. And everybody from the United States Senate, Majority Leader Schumer, and a group of Senate Democrats and Republicans have established this bipartisan framework, including representatives and all the folks you heard from, Senator Rob Portman is a really hell of a good guy. I, I'm not hurting you, Rob, because I know you're not running again. I, the only reason I say it. But you are a hell of a good guy. And the most determined woman I know, Senator Kristen Sinema. Congratulations, Kristen. Look, Committee Chair Tom Carper, Ranking Member Shelley Moore Capito, 
I also want to thank Minority Leader Mitch McConnell for voting for this bill and talking about how useful and important it is. And from the House of Representatives, Speaker Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, Jim Clyburn, and Committee Chair Pete DeFazio, Democrats and Republicans, progressives and moderates, I'd like to pause and ask all the committee chairs and ranking members of the United States Senate and House that are here today, please stand. Will all of you stand? Come on. So thanking uh, Mitch McConnell, thanking Kristen Cinema, like you said. Uh, Listen, I think Mitch McConnell deserves thanks before Kirsten Cinema does. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the reason that this bill is not even half of what it was intended to be is because of Kirsten Cinema. She and, was an impediment. She was an obstacle. And Joe Manchin. And of course, Joe Manchin and Mitch McConnell and Rob Portman. You're a hell of a guy. Who wouldn't, who, who who refused to vote to convict Donald Trump on both impeachments? Yeah, hell of a guy. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Wouldn't stop fascism when given the chance. Hell of a guy. Yeah. So, again, I'm trying to figure out what the strategy is here because this isn't going to stop. There's two additional clips, and I know about them because, well, I got them. I created them. How, and For how long are you going to be fucking whistling that tune? <laughs> we'll see how long. You just you settle in, okay? Um, so <laughs> it's strange because he goes with this theme throughout the entire thing uh, about bipartisanship, and it's, it's in fact the last thing that he says, too. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out what the what the play is here. Is he hoping that by being friendly, nice guy, signing the infrastructure bill and giving some Republican shout outs to the Republicans, by the way, Mitch McConnell's not even there. He didn't show up. He had other things to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's not out there trying to make a bipartisan show for the media. He's not showing up to hold uh, his shoulder and say, good job, Joe. Yeah, right. That's not happening. Yeah. So is he thinking that this is going to help him in some way? I think it's muscle memory. He's used to this, my good friend from across the aisle, the gentleman from blah, 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 blah. This weird way that the Senate and the House has operated uh, out of a tradition, out of deference for one another to try to feign civility. Yeah. And he's just caught up and it won't let it go when that's not the world we exist in any longer. Well, and I think there's certainly an appetite for it because there's a segment of the population that I think wants to hear this and wants to kind of believe in the ideals of bipartisanship and right. Democrats and Republicans coming together and working together. So do I, but it doesn't exist. It's not something that it exists anymore. Right. And so living reality on reality's yes. terms, like we like to say, is is very important and and I don't think you're seeing a lot of that in Biden's speech. But let's talk about the infrastructure bill. So we're going to go into him explaining it. We cut him off at a certain point because there's a lot of explaining. But um, <laughs> it, it's it's good to hear what's in it. You start to feel like, OK, these are some meaningful things that are definitely important. So my message to the American people is this. America's moving again and your life is going to change for the better. If you live in one of the top, if you live in one of the 10 million homes or you're a child who attends one of the 400,000 schools or child care centers that still has lead pipes in them, you face a clear and present danger to your child's health and your health now. This law is going to start to replace 100% of the nation's lead pipes and service lines. So every American, every child 
can turn on the faucet and drink clean water. And tens of thousands of plumbers and pipe fitters are going to get work done in good paying jobs. Folks, as, uh, as we saw with remote learning, remote working during the pandemic, access to high speed Internet is essential. And access to water as essential as access to water and electricity. This law is going to make high-speed internet affordable and available everywhere, everywhere in America, urban, suburban, rural, and create jobs laying down those broadband lines. No parent, no parent, <laughs> excuse me, no parent should have to sit in a parking Yikes. lot at a fast food restaurant again just so their child can use the internet to do their homework. That's over. And folks, if I visited your town, I'm sure you'd be able to tell me and where you hold your breath as you cross the particular bridge, where the most dangerous intersection in your town is. This law makes us the most significant investment in roads and bridges in the past 70 years. It makes the most significant investment in passenger rail in the past 50 years and in public transit ever. So what, what that means is you're going to be safer and you're going to get there faster. And we're going to have a whole hell of a lot pollution, less pollution in the air. The bipartisan law will modernize our ports, our airports, our freight rail to make it easier for companies to get goods to market, reduce supply chain bottlenecks as we've experienced now and lower cost for you and your family. The law also builds on our resilience so that the next storm, superstorm, drought, wildfire, hurricane can be dealt with. Last year alone, the United States, as a consequence of these kind of extreme weather events, lost $99 billion in the United States alone in damage. After Hurricane Ida, I see the distinguished governor from Louisiana is over there. I saw him stand up. I went down to see him. We went through and saw all the damage there. They had 179 mile an hour winds at top speed in Louisiana. But then I headed on up to New York. Chuck, we're up in your area, in the Queens, in New Jersey. More people died there. And in the hurricane, more people died with the flooding. Record wildfires raged and went. I went to Idaho and California and saw it. More land is burned to the ground than the entire state of New Jersey out west. So not sure that these are things that uh, Republicans are particularly um, invested in improving or caring a lot about. Yeah, a lot of bipartisanship there. <laughs> Apparently there is. But so this has been a criticism of the administration of uh, President Biden in particular, which is that they are not good at selling their agenda, selling their economic agenda. Yeah. And one thing that he really went hard to describe in this speech is the traveling that he's going to be doing uh, across the country and with Vice President Harris and um, trying to basically sell the American people on what he's been doing, how this infrastructure bill is going to be important for their towns, their cities, and not only the infrastructure bill, but the uh, Build Back Better Act which, of course, which is next on the slate is next on the slate. And he actually ends his speech talking about that, because remember, this is the one that progressives, they did not want to vote on infrastructure. 
unless there was a vote at the same time with the Build Back Better Act. That is why six progressives did not vote for the infrastructure bill, because they were under the impression they had an agreement that the infrastructure and the Build Back Better Act would be voted on together. When that didn't happen, they decided to vote against the infrastructure bill. Because they don't trust Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema to act in good faith and actually follow through on their promise to, to get it passed. Right. And so what what is happening now is there is this agreement that it will be passed by Thanksgiving. So the countdown is on. I mean, Thanksgiving yeah. is next week. Is it next week? It is next week. Yikes. And that's a reminder for you goofballs to get your uh, Thanksgiving messages in as well because Thanksgiving is next week. So make sure you send a voice memo to idoubtit at dollamore.com of a minute and a half or fewer ish, okay, describing what you are thankful for this year. No profanity, no name necessary, and do not thank me or Jesse. Those those are the rules. Those are the rules. Okay. Them's the rules. Okay. But really, seriously, get those in because uh, time is not your friend right now We because we don't just do the show live. It takes us several days to put the show together, especially that particular segment, to put your submissions in to the show. Yes. So make sure you get those in. But we are waiting to see if the Build Back Better Act gets passed before Thanksgiving and Joe Biden gives a, a final push before he signs his infrastructure bill. And folks, when you see those projects starting in your hometowns, I want you to feel what I feel. Pride. Pride in what we can do together as the United States of America. Folks, you know, the same goes for my plan to build back better for the people getting folks back to work and reducing cost of things like child care, elder care, housing, health care, prescription drugs, and meeting the moment on climate change. I'm confident that the House will pass this bill, and then we're going to have to pass it in the Senate. And that's fully paid for. It will reduce the deficit over long term, according to the leading economists in the world. And again, no one earning less than $400,000 will pay a single penny more in federal taxes. And together... Together with the infrastructure bill, millions of lives will be changed for the better. Folks, let me close with this. Throughout our history, we've emerged from crises by investing in ourselves. During and after the Civil War has been referenced, we built the Transcontinental Railroad, uniting East and West and uniting America. During the Cold War, we built the interstate highway system, transforming how America lived their lives. And now we're emerging from COVID-19 pandemic and we'll build an economy for the 21st century. When I met with the president of China, who I'm going to be speaking with tonight several years ago, he asked me, we were in China, he asked me, he said, could I define America? And I said, absolutely. It's the God's truth. I said, absolutely. I can define it in one word. Possibilities. Possibilities. There is no limit to what our people think we can do. And there is no limit to what our nation can do. And there is no one thing that I know more than this. It's never, ever been a good bet to bet against the American people. Never, never, never. Given half a chance, the American people have never, ever, ever let this nation down. And it's our job to give our people that chance. It's our job to come together and make sure we remain a nation of possibilities. As I look out in this crowd today, I see Democrats and Republicans, national leaders, local leaders, all elected officials, 
labor leaders, business leaders, and most of all, I see fellow Americans. I see America. Let's remember this day. Let's remember we can't come together. Most of all, let's remember what we've got done for the American people when we do come together. I truly believe that 50 years from now, historians are going to look back at this moment and say, that's the moment America began to win the competition of the 21st century. So with confidence, optimism, with vision and faith in each other, let's believe in possibilities. Let's believe in one another and let's believe in America. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Now let me sign this bipartisan bill. So what what really bothers me about this is, one, I don't think fundamentally that Joe Biden is a doormat. I also don't fundamentally believe that Joe Biden can reinvigorate some sense of bipartisanship in the Congress. And that's what he's attempting to do here. Mm -hmm. But it only comes off as not in tune with what the reality is on the ground relative to how Republicans operate. Because not a single Republican voted for COVID stimulus. And then they went out to their district and bragged about having it, uh, that it passed and it was helping people. This is the Republican Party we're dealing with right now. And Joe Biden is apparently dealing with some other Republican Party. I don't know. Again, though, we'd love to know what you think. Oh, no, we got one more thing. Yes, we have Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin, who has uh, changed. I hope my sneezing wasn't um, able to be heard in the background. <clears throat> I was having some problems. I don't think it's uh, there again to know that it was happening. Okay, so Joe Manchin has moved the goalpost several times uh, related to how much money he wanted to spend for the infrastructure bill. We have a mashup here of Joe Manchin moving that goalpost, and the clips are going to be in rapid succession, but here's the important thing. Up front, you're going to hear Joe Manchin uh, talking about how he wanted three to four trillion, and that was in January of 2021, and then you're going to hear a jump to June of 2021, and from there, it just goes pretty much every month, June, July, August, September, October, November, and you get to watch the evolution of how Joe Manchin changed his mind on how much he wants to invest and help the American people. Most important thing, do an in big infrastructure. Spend two, three, four trillion dollars over a 10-year period on infrastructure. You want to put everybody back to work? There's not a lot of people that lost their jobs, that those jobs aren't coming back. They need a place to work to make a living. Every state can start infrastructure programs. I do not want to add more debt on. So if that's one trillion or one and a half or two trillion, whatever that comes out to be over a 10-year period, that's what I would be voting for. So if you throw another two, three, four trillion dollars, you know, we might have a hard time with a tax code. The adjustments that I believe need to be made. Four to six trillion. You're not going with that. I don't think I could ever get there to that. It's clocked in at about three point five trillion dollars. Yeah. Um, you've expressed some concerns about that cost. Is it the cost or is it paying for it that you? Uh... Well, they're saying it's all paid for. Now, if it's all paid for, you look at it in a different light. OK, there's a lot of great things in there. Are Have... you hard now? On the 3.5? Yes. yes. Okay. Is there a number you can support? I haven't looked at that, that because you know why? They won't look at it responsibly and reasonably for a, a tax code. Do you have a ceiling? I, my ceiling is this, the need of the American people. I've never been a liberal 
in any way, shape, or the form. I'm not asking them to change. I'm willing to come from zero to one five. But is one point seven too big to you? Two point seven five too high for you? No, we, that was negotiated. As more of the real details outlined, the basic framework are released. What I see are shell games, budget gimmicks that make the real cost of the so-called one point seven five trillion dollar bill estimated to be almost twice that amount. Well, it's a and, whole bunch of different Joe uh, Joe Mansions, right? In a very short period of time. I mean, like we said, the the Joe Mansion that was for three to four uh, trillion dollars. This guy. Most important thing, doing in big infrastructure. Spend two, three, four trillion dollars over a ten year period. On- January nineteenth, twenty twenty one. That's yeah. this year. Yeah, that's eleven months ago. <laughs> Not even a year ago. Unbel- well, it's just disingenuous bullshit. It's this illustrates. For everybody to see, he just wants to be a kingmaker. He wants to be the one to decide. As 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 George W. Bush would say, Joe Manchin wants to be the decider, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and uh, Joe Biden's approval rating is, is at a new low, 41%. And there's a lot of frustration with the economy, with inflation. Yeah. And Joe Manchin, someone who pretends to care about inflation, when, of course, he has stood in the way of any kind of policy that will help the American people, paid family leave. Um, I mean, these things obviously aren't going to solve inflation, I guess, but they are going to assist with offsetting certain costs that are burdening people when they do go out and buy groceries or pay for gas. And instead, he wants to make people's lives more difficult, have an income cap on those uh, assistance programs. And as we saw in this clip... requirements... For right. family for paid family leave. And as we saw in this clip, just whittle things down to where it's not going to be um, as effective or as beneficial as it could be. Hello, pores. I thought that's Kristen Cinema. Ah, they're one and the same. <laughs> one and the same, everybody. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're gonna end it there. Get your Thanksgiving submissions in. Uh tell us what you're thankful for inside of a minute and a half or so. No profanity. Don't leave your name. You don't have to. You don't. It's not that you don't have to thank us or tell say that you're thankful for us. Just don't. Don't do it because I'm going to have to edit it out. And it just causes more work for me. Though we do appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. So 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email. We actually prefer emails to the to the to the. I doubted at com from your smartphone. Send a voice memo there. Um, it's going to be a good episode. We look forward to it every year, and uh, it is a fan favorite, as they say. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.